You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Today on Max's Island, we're finally out of isolation and we're actually recording in a coffee shop. So that's a little bit unusual for Max's Island. Normally we're in the studio, so there's a little bit of background noise, but I think it's important for us to start to re-engage with the community and, and get back, back to normal life. Enjoy the ambience and in particular, enjoy our guest for today, Al Bryan. Al has a really interesting story of 12 months he spent in an RV and with a backpack. So welcome to Max's Island. Tell us your story. Uh, yeah, well, it's a great story. Uh, this is a dual story. So there's an Alan, there's a Bev. Uh, Bev's my wife. And we both decided in August 17 that we were going to retire. We picked the date. And from that day on, we've just been traveling. So we started, we retired on the 17th of September, 17. And that night at 10 o'clock, we hopped on a flight and spent two months in South Africa. We then came back, had family weddings, packed up the house, and away we went and lived in an RV in the United States of the Americas for six months. And it was fabulous. It was, it was probably what we both needed, just an escape. The kids had said, yep, go for it. We, we're not going to have grandkids around. Uh, you need to be here for 19, but basically 18 is your year. Go and do what you want. And we did. We did. That, that's fantastic because the premise of Max's Island is doing those things that you always want to do and uh, do something for yourself. So that's fantastic that you retired and then did something for yourself. So many people retire and spend their life doing things for other people. Yeah. I, I think for both of us, it was a big, bold step. Um, and... We kept looking at each other, thinking, you know, hope, you know, is it going to go okay? Will it be all right? And it did. It just flowed. And we were probably planning four days ahead. We had a couple of key dates that we knew we had to be in various places. But, uh, you know, we weren't worried about money. I think the biggest issue was what's Trump's America going to be like? <laughs> we were warned really early don't ask the Americans about Trump, okay? Don't talk about Trump. Okay, okay, we won't talk about Trump. So our first campground, 
everyone sort of come, you know, it's really social. We back the van in, which, you know, this is day four in the, in the US of A. Had you ever driven left-hand drive before? Uh, yeah, once, right. once. Right. But uh, I had this big sign on the dashboard that just said left. <laughs> so all the time it was left. And we both had, a rela- had an understanding that whenever a T-junction came up, Bev just had to call out left. And so there was responsibilities for both of us about how to drive this thing because it was 24 foot long, 9 foot wide and 12 foot high. And it was our little turtle shell. It was our home. And we had to get used to the scale of it with the big V8 that just guzzled juice. (laughs) And away we went. And um, so in this first campground, you know, backed up and... And as soon as we hopped out, Bev's South African, so her accent's different to mine. And so immediately people are going, where are you from? Are you English? Um, no, we're Australian. And, but she's different. Oh, she's South African-Australian and I'm Australian. Anyway, they just said, I've heard, I bet you don't want to talk about Trump. No, we don't. <laughs> well, we do. And me, this is California, though. And away he went. And um, a lot of people on the road are very struggling with the whole concept of Trump's politics and the way the country's going. And, and that was 2017. Yeah, Think well, about it. What it's like 2018. What it's like now. <laughs> so it was. Um, look, I think the 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 exciting thing. Well, it, the other interesting little bit about being a Max's Island for for these six months in the RV was this friend when we got back said, "What did you talk about?" at night over dinner you'd been together all day every day but what you know didn't you get bored with each other didn't you but we didn't i mean it was just thrilling we each day had a unique feel to it the countryside is just stunning so know? where did you start we started in a little place called st louis obispo which is between los angeles and san francisco on the west coast um that's up and towards some of the golf courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> golf courses. <laughs> Bev's a birder. Um, I like the ocean and also golf. And, but there, we both sort of agreed this wasn't a golfing trip, wasn't a surfing trip, um, but it was a hiking in national parks. So we steered clear of all the cities, um, and which we're pleased about. Trying to manoeuvre this thing through any city was horrendous. Anyway, the the third day, we had to slip onto an interstate. And slipping onto an interstate, you're never sure whether the guy's going to give way or not give way. We clipped vehicles. It was an undercover cop from Frisco. (laughs) And he was aggressive. And as soon as we started talking about, you know, we're from Australia, we're not sure you were supposed to give way to us. Anyway, he relaxed and was very friendly, which took a whole lot of pressure off the broken mirror that had happened, you know, in day three of this vehicle. Uh, so, um, and that damage was able to be repaired quickly? Or uh, did you yes, live with it super for a while? Glue, I super glued it and Perfect. gaffer tape. And it wasn't picked up when we took the van back. So that was even better. Even better. So you mentioned national parks. Curious... Is there any cost to go into the national parks? Yeah, yeah, there is actually. 
but um, my daughter, we'd been talking this, about this trip for six months earlier. So for my birthday um, of the year before, she got us a 12-month national pass to all the national parks, which cost US about 75 bucks. Oh, that's not much. No, but that gives you access um, to all the national parks. Also, you don't have to queue up sometimes. So it was the best birthday present we ac I actually got for this trip. Um, but staying overnight in a national park um, is very cheap. You know, it's about $15, usually without power. So, and, and throughout the states, it's all equipped for people who live in RVs and, uh, and caravans. You know, the, the facilities are fantastic, full hookup. So, you know, we had shower, toilet, freezer, double bed, in, in our camper van, so you know, it was just. And was it busy, you know, in, in the um, park? We kind of went, when we first arrived, it was March, and we were going to go to Yosemite, but it was frozen, and the roads were closed, and ice, driving in ice and snow was not what I was looking forward to. So we headed south, uh, ended up in Death Valley. Uh, <laughs> which is interesting, and then across to Vegas, Grand Canyon, and then up, and then by that time it was starting to fine up, but then one night we were parked, and next minute woke up in the morning and we were completely snowed in. It was unbelievable. So I had a snow fight, of course, in the morning. <laughs> and the other, the I can see you as a snow angel. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing that we um, also got used to was sleeping at Walmart car parks. Walmart car, Walmart car parks. Outside of California, you can park overnight in a car park of Walmart and we've got toilets inside. They sell breakfast, not that we do a Walmart breakfast, but we shop through Walmart throughout the US. Great value, good food, fresh veggies, the whole lot. And were other people doing taking advantage of that? Yep, yep. Uh, most of the time, you would there'd be a little collective in the far corner um, and there'd be about six to eight. We, a couple of them, once in Texas, we parked in one, we were the only one. That kind of, you know... Makes you a little nervous? Yeah, it does. <laughs> Especially in Texas. It did, it did make us nervous, actually. But then there was, a, also in Texas, we parked in golf course car parks in the middle of these very small towns. You know, we're talking of towns of, you know, less than two, 200 people, but they have a golf course. And the guy at the pro shop said, yeah, sure, you can park your car. I won't lock the gate. So I had a game uh, at sundown and then a game at dawn. And, yeah, so that was pretty cool. You said you planned sort of four days ahead. How easy was that to do in terms of... Uh, was that planning actually your journey, where you were going to go, or just where you were going to sort of end up after a period of time? A bit of both. We had, we had a key date. We had to be in Houston by a particular date and because some friends were flying in and they were going to take the van for three weeks up the Mississippi to Minneapolis, and we flew off and had two weeks in Alaska. And we arranged then to fly back into Minneapolis meet in a Walmart car park. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> a bit like a drug deal. And exchange keys, we got the van back, they flew back to Australia, and we continued our trip. Um, so other than that, the four days was looking at the map, you know, 
looking online, where are we? And looking at, at attractions along the way. And in that process, we discovered that most of the US states have state parks. And state parks aren't what we as Australians know about the national parks, you know. So we went to Yosemite, Big Bend, or Yellowstone, Bryce, Zion. We went to all the famous ones. But along the way, near each of those, is a state park. And when we're travelling through the US, in the last section of it there, we ended up in Arkansas. And whenever you say... Bill Clinton country. Yeah, yeah. Little, we avoided Little Rock. <laughs> Didn't go to Little Rock. But when you say to Americans, oh, yeah, we've been to Arkansas. What's the best state? You know, just for conversation, we'd say, Arkansas. They go, Arkansas? You went to Arkansas? But Arkansas is one of the most beautiful states. Beautiful mountains, great rivers. Just, it is a really wonderful place. Yeah. So... How did the vehicle go? Was that an issue or was that, was oh, that just, easy? In the end, the vehicle was easy, except when it broke down. <laughs> uh, look, it chewed gas. Um, what were you paying for gas? Oh, what was it? Um, is it as it, cheap as everybody makes it yeah, out to me? Yeah, it is, but you used a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, but, you know, it is cheap. I can't, look, I couldn't give you an accurate, but it's, you know, what are we paying here, a dollar... 50 or something for diesel over unfortunately it wasn't diesel so we were probably playing 70 cents yeah. you know a litre in the cup a, you know a gallon the, as they were getting used to all the measurements was probably a bit tricky yeah. but look the vehicle was was just great out on the open road in in towns and cities yeah a little more work to do um, and then finding out where you're going to park the night whether it's going to be a walmart or, you know, I think one of the other highlights, we knew we wanted to be in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and here we're thinking Breaking Bad and the opening <laughs> scenes in, in scene one where the guy gets murdered in a camper van. Yeah. Anyway, we went to Albuquerque. We needed to do our washing, and we were in an inner city campground, so it's all with regulars, so it's all cheek to jowl. You know, the van is parked quite close, but we wanted to go to a First Nations gathering where they have, you know, cultural displays and dancing. Anyway, so we, that night we arrived there and found out where the local laundromat was and we walked down there and there's an African-American lady with her grandson. The grandson was seven foot and he was about 16 and... All he, all he was doing was bouncing a basketball. And, and so we started chatting and, you know, quickly the Australianness and And I said, you know, what's his future like? And she said he's trying out for college as a bas- on a basketball. And she was ex-army. And she then said, look, um, I'd just better warn you, this isn't a safe neighbourhood. There's four murders here last week. Where are you <laughs> staying? And if I was you... I would get straight out of here, get your washing, and go back to your van. So that was a reality check. Mm-hmm. Might have been um, of value hanging around with a seven-foot yeah. young kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of protection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you ever stay in one place for any length of time? Um, no, not usually. Most of it was sort of three-day three, three day max, probably. So Yellowstone was probably the longest. We stayed four days there. Just simply the scale of the park, and it was really busy. And we, because of the size of the van that we had, you had to get up, you know, about five o'clock in the morning 
and drive so you get a parking spot to then be able to walk around, see things without a lot of crowds. So, you know, by 10, 11 o'clock, every place is packed. And how far north did you go? Uh, that was the f- furthest north, which was um, top of Wyoming, um, Idaho area, um, uh, other than Alaska. Uh, and then the furthest south we went on the whole trip, we went to Antarctica. <laughs> not in the van, though. <laughs> no, not in the van. No, no, left that one out. So just at the end of the six months, we then flew east and then toured up the east coast. And, and, and how did you tour up there? Just uh, with backpacks? or No, it had a hire car, hire car. and Amtrak. Ah, okay. Everybody talks about Antrap, how how effective it is. Fabulous, fabulous. In fact, I've got to really do a bit of an ad for Amtrak. In the when we returned the van, we were catching the Amtrak from St. Louis Bispo to stay with some friends in San Jose, and we left something in the van, uh, Bev's headsets, and the lady quickly got to the station, saw the train leaving, and she thought we were going to LA which was the south train, and we were on the north train. So the headphones went to LA, and we're up in San Jose. Anyway, in the end, four days later, we got them back and picked them up from San Jose Station from Amtrak. And it was, they didn't have any name on them. They didn't, they just, there was a connections of connections. Oh, you're the lady that left. <laughs> it was Unbelievable. Just, it was, it was really good. <laughs> and the other, the other bit of a highlight, some friend's brother has a house on Newport, Rhode Island. Wow. And this Rich is... Rich and famous. Oh, it's, this is... And we were on the Firestone estate. So for the car enthusiasts around, Firestone tyres. Yes. So it's been subdivided, but the original home is there and they've built... A house on the Firestone Estate. So we had four days in Newport, Rhode Island. In luxury. In luxury. Mm. And they took us around on their boat, which was called Black Swan. And Quite appropriate. On, and seeing all the old 12-metre yachts, the American 12-metre yachts. Just, oh, is that where they are housed now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just sitting in the water, you know, all looking sparkly and clean. And they're all just about to be lifted for the winter. So after the East Coast? and Then after then the East Coast, we flew to Buenos Aires, then caught a ferry to Uruguay, and then caught a boat for two weeks, which went down to South Georgia in the middle of the ocean. Uh, first two days on the boat were just calm, sunny days, and it was a French boat, only 160 on it. And... You know, pods of whales, icebergs floating by, and the captain stops and circles a pod of whales. And then he said, nah, sorry guys, the weather's changing. Nine metre swell for the next two days. Oh dear. Into South Georgia. And South Georgia is the most magic place in the middle of, you know, the Southern Ocean or the Southern Atlantic Ocean. And uh, so we do daily expeditions onto the islands, and looking at bird life, looking at um, sea life and stuff like and that. And what time of the year was that? What, what was we were the first cruise, so that was um, early November. Right. Uh, sorry, late November, early December. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the weather like outside uh, the nine metre swells? Grey. Cold? Um, yeah, one day when we were actually then in the in, in, in the Arctic uh, Antarctic Peninsula it was minus five and snowing and yeah it was cold Very it cold. was cold but look at you know the boats heated French food wine oh it's just fabulous absolutely fabulous and that boat trip then finished in a Schwire 
at the bottom of South America. Coming back through Drake's Passage, it was a relatively mild um, five-metre swell. Oh, but, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, perfect. Well, then you're used to it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then from there, we basically then worked our way up through Argentina and Chile, all the way through up to the border between Chile and Peru. And was that backpacking using local transport? Yep, yep. Bus system is fabulous. It's is that just, right? Oh, yeah. We'd, you'd, most of the time, we'd do a day bus trip for six to eight hours cost you 15 20 bucks and we'd take our own food and you'd sit there reading a book editing all the photos from you know the the past week writing the daily trip up as in our journal or sleeping and when you got to your, your location Airbnb. you you booked Airbnb in advance obviously yeah, just a day yeah, in advance sort yeah, of thing a day in advance most of those were around $40 a night, for, and most of them one-bedroom apartments. Great location in the middle of town, near the bus station, and again, feeling safe all the time. Yeah. Was there any point anywhere in South America where you felt like it was a little bit dodgy? Um, no, no, look, not really, no. We, uh, we loved Chile, the food, the wine, and we'd stay a couple of days in a town, hire a car, and then do some day tours and generally tried to aim for a late lunch at a winery. Oh, just beautiful, just fabulous. So we then sort of made our way from Peru across to Bolivia to La Paz and La Paz is just one of the most fascinating cities. It's in a, in a bottom of really a crater and they have their transport system are cable cars. Is that right? the city and it's the most... Uh, it's the rapid transit system because the buses are all congested in these narrow roads and so they had to find an alternate means. And so we spent the whole day as tourists in going on all the different routes over the city, looking down at... And How high are you off the ground? Uh, three, four hundred metres. Wow. It's just Phenomenal. unbelievable. It was fabulous. And then from there we flew into a place called Salta, which is in northern Chile. No, sorry, northern Argentina. And then from there we made our way across to Iguazu Falls. And for those who are interested in falls, you know, Niagara or um, Vic Falls, uh, Iguazu is just massive. It's over, I don't know, four, five hundred separate falls and it's on the border of Brazil, Paraguay and Argentina. And how close can you get to them? Uh, underneath them. Wow, that's pretty close. <laughs> right next to them, getting wet. Um, yeah, really fabulous. And then back to um, Buenos Aires for three days. Again, Airbnb. And, uh, you know, the modern world of Airbnb and Uber just make it connected that you feel safe, you feel like you're a local. And the Uber driver was an admiral out of the, um, not Guatemala, the other one that's having a lot of trouble in South America, Central America. Uh, sorry, I can't remember the name of that place. He was an admiral who'd, who'd sort of got political refugee status and was an Uber driver and passed some really insightful political commentary about South America, Central America uh, and the influence of America on those areas. Yeah, fascinating. How long were you in South America for? South America was just under two months mm -hmm. and then we flew back and the flight back home for anyone wanting to travel for 12 months it's interesting because flight travel insurance only lasts for 12 months out of Australia right 
you, for travel insurance to be valid, you've got to have a return air ticket. Airlines usually only go 10 to 11 months out. And so it's really quite difficult at times to work out what your dates are and when, when to fly. So anyway, in the end, we had to fly Buenos Aires, Houston, Houston to Dallas, Dallas to Sydney. It's a sort of a continuous leg, so we were pretty exhausted by the time we got home. In total, how long, how far short of 12 months was it? A week. A week short of 12 months. Yeah, a week. A week. Yeah. Well, certainly it's an uh, incredible first year of retirement. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Came home for a rest. It was interesting. I mean, both of us at, at the time when we were about to sort of board the plane, we both would have felt like... Um, coming home for a month we would have liked the lady in her house to rent it for another six months and we would have gone straight back to South America for another six months that that that's sort of the way that we felt rather than sort of coming back and then having to move back into our house so we then sort of painted repaired and did the house up and and now you know this new life and yeah I think we would have both preferred to have stayed on the road and probably made our way up further north in South America what have you got planned? Obviously you've got the bug and uh, I imagine that you've got things planned that hopefully once the world opens up you'll be going somewhere else? Yeah, we August and September we were off to the UK to do a walk across the Jurassic Coast in Devon and then flying to Norway and then going to Longyearbyen which is in the, in the Arctic Circle and catching an expedition boat down the east coast of Greenland finishing in Iceland and then hiring a car for 10 days to tour around Iceland and then coming back home. So that's all now off um, and we've put that back now to, for another 12 months. So August, September 21, we hope, if, if the world's changed. But, but we certainly do talk a bit about, okay, so what would have happened had we been travelling um, and COVID had arrived? And you got stuck somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We, we would have we would have wanted to come back to the best place to be. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, Al, thanks very much for being on Max's Island and hopefully uh, you and Bev will get on your travels again and maybe a few years down the track we can have another episode of Max's Island and you oh, can tell us to. how, how uh, exciting your life has been. Love to. Thanks, Max. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work, he was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, oh work and no play, and how, how it had turned out this way. He told me his plan, a short-term escape, five weeks on the Bibbulmun track.
Every sense was engaged, his mind was as clear as the sky. Completely alone, no emails or phone and nothing, nothing he needed to do. Yeah.